Blog Talk Radio. And good afternoon, Jet fans. Welcome back to the Jets Podcast Review Show on 247sports.com. My name is Daniel Feuerstein, just awaiting for Rick Lockland to call in and to discuss this this tough one, this tough loss as the New York Jets fall to the Chicago Bears by a final of 24 to 10. And uh, the New York Jets record is now at 3 and 5 as we get ready to uh talk about this loss, you know, I just want to um, throw it out there and all you can say is is this is that it's injuries folks I know some of you uh, I know some of you want to blame the coaching staff for all these losses I know some of you want to blame the coaching staff for what they are not doing I know that the New York media is trying to uh you know say that the jets are dull these jets are dull all of a sudden nothing fantastic to see here nothing to look at look in here and all i can say is is this the new york jets right now cause of these injuries because of these terrible injuries that have hampered uh, this team on offense, especially hampered Sam Darnold, that's what happens when you lose dynamic players due to injury. They've lost Jermaine. I shouldn't say they've lost Jermaine Curse, but they did lose him for a little bit towards the end of the first half. I know I heard he came back. Now I've got to find out if he's going to be okay or not. But, you know, once again... Once again, the situation is this. When you have players like Robbie Anderson and Quincy Nunwa that they are injured and cannot perform, you will lose your dynamic player, your playmakers on, at wide receiver. The only thing you can say is, is that this New York Jets team as of right now, this New York Jets team is just not doing the job when it comes to the players who are injured. Now, you know, Todd Bowles, you know, he says he's hurt. He says he's injured. Or I shouldn't, I shouldn't excuse me, I just, may just, may, I just messed that up. I apologize. There we go. Rick Lachlan now is uh, on the line. And uh, as we recap this, this loss uh, to the Chicago Bears by a final of 24-10. Rick, as I was trying to say to uh, the audience, um, while I understand everyone wants to point the fingers at Todd Bowles and, you know, blame the coaching for this game and for this loss, and I know the New York media, sports media, is claiming that the Jets look dull, they look boring out there. How can you say that when you have injuries – to your dynamic players like a Robbie Anderson, like a Quincy Inunua, that basically they they just look like a shell of their former selves 
the last couple of weeks. And, you know, I had as much trouble getting on this podcast as the Jets did trying to get their running game started yesterday. And, look, I'm not going to say that Todd Bowles should be free of guilt and the coaching staff should be free of guilt because I think we expected, look, in my pick segment, I went out on a limb. I took the Jets. I, this was before the Robbie Anderson news came down, which I think would may, would have made a difference in this game if they had him as a playmaker to stretch the field uh, to perhaps at least just put that thought in the Bears' secondary that Sam Darnold can beat them over the top because you just saw the game plan was simple, crowd the line of scrimmage, force Sam Darnold to throw to his third, fourth, and fifth receivers that frankly didn't have much experience or time playing on the field, and it worked to perfection from a defensive standpoint. When I saw that Khalil Mack was ruled out for this game, I thought that would give the Jets a boost that the offensive line maybe caught a little bit of a break, but everything that unfortunately we feared would transpire in this game the Jets staying one-dimensional, uh, the wide receivers not being able to get open. You even saw the report now that uh, Terrell Pryor, the recently released Jets receiver, went to Buffalo for a workout and was offered a contract. He's mulling it over, and it looks like he's going to sign it. There hasn't been official word yet. That's just another case that I thought it was a mistake the Jets made, that they should have kept Terrell Pryor on this roster. And that, to me, falls on the front office for failing to s- surround Sam Darnold with adequate weapons because you can't expect a guy like Rashard Matthews on a short week after basically uh, having less than a week to study the playbook to be able to make plays on the field. And I think where the coaching staff fell short was that they had to go deep into the bag of tricks to try to generate some offense and to get some momentum going. And I just felt like the Jets were a vanilla offense They were predictable, and that was, yes, a product of injuries, a product of the personnel they put out there, but I'm going to put some blame on Jeremy Bates and the offensive coaching staff that they didn't do what they were supposed to do, which was look to the tight ends and look to the running backs to get them involved in the passing game, and that's why Sam Darnold struggled, and that's why as an offense they couldn't move the ball consistently against this Bears defense. And I agree with you right there, Rick, because the Jets have a plethora of tight ends that they can use a two tight end formation. They can use a tight end as a wide receiver to help out Sam Darnold. And that is the issue I have. You have healthy bodies. Granted, they're not wide receivers. We understand that. But Eric Tomlinson is a tall tight end that can go deep down the sideline and or at least you want them to go for at least six, seven yards, make a grab, yaks afterwards. He can do the job. Chris Herndon, Granted, he cut the deficit to 17-10 with 11-10 remaining in the fourth quarter, and that's three straight games with a touchdown for the rookie tight end out of the University of Miami down in Florida. Chris Herndon so far is looking like a solid tight end for the Jets for the future, but I agree with you, Rick. If you cannot get wide receivers up to speed and available to play in these games, you still have your tight ends who are tall enough, who are strong enough, that can make the plays at the same time. That's why you can have a two tight end formation. That's why you can't say you're going to use this tight end as a wide receiver for an eligible receiver. That is what to happen. Now, once again, let me just say this, and I agree with you, the Terrell Pryor uh, release was not the way to go. They should have kept him on. Now, granted... I mean, I guess there was an injury when he got um, when he got hurt after the uh, Denver Bronco win, 
But if it wasn't that serious, they should have kept him on the roster. And now look at their position at this point in time. There is a, a health issue on the Jets because Anunua is not going to be back until maybe, who knows, middle of November. Uh, even for Quincy, uh, that's for Quincy Anunua. Robbie Anderson, maybe he comes back uh, this coming Sunday uh, for the road trip down to Miami. But the truth of the matter is this, is that at the moment, it's been a decent start for the Jets, but the middle is becoming a problem. And look, you know, I thought it was a mistake from the second they did it. I know a lot of Jet fans that said, oh, a groin injury is not two weeks. Well, this wasn't as significant an injury as it first was reported, as unfortunately we've learned from some of the beat reporters like to embellish and frankly, make up their own stories without fact-checking that Terrell Pryor, you know, could be signed and activated this week for the Buffalo Bills. Whether he's going to be 100% healthy, that remains to be seen, but he'll at least be able to suit up and contribute in some way. And with this Jets team, I I can't figure out for the life of me why Mike McCagnin, look, you had two standout players during the preseason. I know preseason doesn't necessarily – become an indicator of regular season success. But you had a guy in Trey McBride that looked like an all-world type of receiver. He he has yet to be signed by an NFL team. He's still out there for the taking. The Jets could very easily bring him in, sign him on, and try to acclimate him into the offense. And they haven't done that for, for whatever reason. Even another guy like Charles Johnson, who showed some flashes in the preseason. I don't know why the Jets... Don't just take a flyer on one of these young guys that have something to prove, showed flashes of brilliance in the preseason, and can help a Jets-wide receiver core that's completely depleted by injury and unable to find open space and, and move the ball downfield for Sam Darnold. So, again, the unfortunate thing about this is the front office did a disservice to Sam Darnold and the offense by not adding pieces once the injuries fell on the team. And the offensive coaching staff, led by Jeremy Bates, they failed to recognize that the players at the wide receiver position just weren't going to cut it, that they had to find another way uh, to put the ball in different players' hands. And Isaiah Crowell, uh, specifically out of the running game, in both the run and pass game, and once the, the Bears set that precedent of just shutting down the running game, stacking the box, and forcing the ball to go to the outside of the wide receivers. I mean, the game was was all but over. The Jets just couldn't overcome that, especially with the injuries. And Sam Darnold, you know, if there's one positive you can take from this game, he didn't make some of those boneheaded plays. Of course, had the coughed up one ball that was recovered by the Jets, so he didn't lose a fumble, didn't throw an interception, really tried to manage the game, but it, it wasn't enough against a Bears defense that – is a top uh, five defense with Khalil Mack in the fold and still very formidable, especially when you factor in all the injuries that beset the team. And for me, you know, this was a performance that, again, this this is exactly what you kind of expected. And the coaching staff had to do something to turn the tide or to swing the momentum, and, and none of that took place. So I think that's why a lot of Jet fans and even critics are pointing the finger at Todd Bowles and the coaching staff because this is the kind of game that – Uh, The Jets personnel-wise were outmatched, outgunned at a lot of positions, and they had to really scheme their way to get points and scheme their way to beat the opposition. And unfortunately for Bowles and his staff, they weren't able to do so. And now they have two upcoming games before the bye week to try to get to to the 500 mark that become pretty much absolutely must-win games if they hope to at least stay afloat and within striking distance of a playoff spot. There are no moral victories in the, in the National Football League, Rick. There are no moral victories whatsoever. But what you can take away in this game, 
with the injury to Spencer Long, he had injured hand, injured uh, knees. So you had to dig in deep into your practice squad, into your roster for centers to try and protect Sam Darnold. And let me say this. They only gave up one sack. Just one sack. They kept Sam Darnold upright for most of the game without Spencer Long. To me, there are no moral victories, but if you want to talk about that offensive line, that's a victory within itself, that you at least kept Sam Darnold off the turf, off the grass at Soldier Field. If that's a moral victory, fine. Maybe you can take some moral victories in the National Football League. But outside of that, this was just a poorly game-planned opportunity that the Jets could not at least throw a gadget play, a trick play, try something different. If it didn't work, it didn't work. But at least, gosh darn it, you tried something. And, I mean, the Bears, who uh, Jordan Howard at the running back position, I mean, he had 22 touches. Mitch Trubisky, which was the one thing we talked about before the show, look, if he's going to throw the ball and throw the ball with accuracy and be effective in the run-pass option, the one thing the Jets couldn't do was let him run and pass. They had to take something away, and I felt like making him strictly a passer by stacking the box, really doing exactly what the Bears did to the Jets, and making them one-dimensional was the key to success on the defensive side of the ball. But Jordan Howard, 22 touches, 81 yards. Mitch Trubisky had six carries for 51 yards. I mean, that, that's a whopping eight-and-a-half yard per carry average. It's just a recipe for failure. And Jet fans, and I know on our podcast, the preview podcast, we saw this coming from a mile away, that if Mitch Trubisky was going to rush for 50-plus yards, the Bears as a team at 179 yards rushing on 34 carries – and it seemed like the Jets, I'm not going to say they entirely gave up the running game because they did try to a degree, but you can't give a guy like Isaiah Crowell 13 carries, 25 yards for a 1.9 yard per carry average when we talked about he needs 18 to 20 touches a game because, look, he may get 13 carries and 25 yards, and then on that 14, 14th carry, he may take it 80 yards for a touchdown, and he's the kind of back that he'll chip away and chip away, and then all of a sudden – there he is off and running, and the dam breaks and, and all the water breaks loose. So they need to give him that volume of carries to not only wear down a defense, but, let, but at least allow the team to be multidimensional and not predictable. And once Sam Darnold in that pocket, you know, he compete, completed less than 50% of his passes. There were some drop passes. There wasn't much separation from the wide receivers. The Jets lacked a deep target, of course, with – with Robbie Anderson out of the equation. And from a receiving standpoint, I mean, you know, Jermaine Curse, three receptions, 30 yards. Chris Herndon, a tight end, he did have the touchdown on the 16-yard reception. But their leading receiver, four receptions, 61 yards. Deontay Burnett, a guy that was just uh, an afterthought in the offense, wasn't even thought to be a major contributor. That just shows uh, heading into that game, you know, he had, of course, the four receptions for 61 yards. Heading into that game, he had just one reception for nine yards on the season. So that just shows the sad state of affairs for the Jets' wide receiver core, that you have an upstart, no-name player leading the team in receiving. And if Mike McCagnan in this front office doesn't make a move and, and doesn't make a move fast, and I'm not saying uh, mortgage the future and start trading early-round draft picks to acquire Antonio Brown or all of a sudden sign – Des Bryant to a long-term deal. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is they they need an upgrade at wide receiver, and they need one quick because uh, their backup plan in Terrell Pryor 
who they released. He's too big of a name to, to be released and not be picked up. It's clear that Buffalo has interest. If uh, ultimately he doesn't accept their offer, I, I expect another team to quickly bring him in and sign him to a contract. So unfortunately for the Jets, it looks like that ship has sailed, but they have to scour the free agent uh, market to see who's still available and uh, who they can add to this roster. Because right now, Sam Darnold's not getting much help. And uh, if they hope to at least stay relevant and climb back towards 500, Sam Darnold's going to need some more weapons surrounding him in that offense. And it doesn't get easy, Rick. It doesn't even get any easier because what are the next three games in the next four weeks? Between a bye week, you have week nine in Miami. Week 10, back at MetLife Stadium against the Buffalo Bills. Then the bye week comes in week 11, and then the Patriots come in week 12. You hope by at least by week 12 or week, or week 10 that the majority of the players that are injured are back or coming off of the injury list. You hope that's the case. But to be honest with you right now, there is no hope to show Jet fans because – Right now, Jeff fans uh, believe that you know the, the season is going to go uh, you know into a tailspin, and they are already thinking it's going to be another five-win season. And that again, that's exactly where this thing is headed. If Todd Bowles doesn't correct correct the losing principles that are plaguing this team, and you know, you look at this season. I mean, win one game three-game losing streak, win two games, another two-game losing streak. I mean, it's just, you know, there's no level of consistency from every time you think they're going to turn the quarter, the corner, and the coaching staff, the light bulb goes on. Maybe we should allow Sam Darnold, take the training wheels off, test the ball downfield, and they started doing that against the Denver Broncos, and look what it brought. It brought a a two-game winning streak, back-to-back wins against the Broncos and the Colts, and then it, the injuries started to hit the team. It seemed like the offense started to go back into its shell. The running game started to disappearing. And it, it's just, uh, unfortunately, it seems to be a product of a young team that just week in and week out, I don't know whether they get too high after the wins or too low after the losses, but there's no level of consistency. And I'm not going to put any of the blame on Sam Darnold in this game. It's not like he went out there and threw five interceptions and single-handedly lost the game for the Jets. He managed and did as best he could to put the team in a position to succeed with the limited weapons he had around him. And for him not to turn the ball over in a game that was set up for him to to make plenty of bad throws and probably take plenty of chances – uh, you know, I felt like the Jets as an offense played this thing safe. They almost played it like they were the favorites and the Bears were the uh, the underdogs in the opposition. And they just basically tried to play mistake-free football, tried to hope that maybe Isaiah Crowell could break one off or perhaps, uh, you know, Sam Darnold could find a guy underneath to break a tackle and take it 80 yards for the distance. And it just wasn't in the card. So I, as much as I, I want to put blame on Sam Darnold, and I think that, you know, he didn't play – he wasn't prolific. He didn't play his best game, but he didn't have any of his regular targets out there on the field. And the coaching staff's just lack of awareness and recognition to try to draw up some kind of unique game plan to tailor it to Darnold's strengths, to the strength of the personnel, the healthy personnel they had left on the field. It's just mind-boggling that uh, you could see this kind of game going a mile away. It's almost as if the Jets made no adjustments offensively. They made no uh, – personnel moves other than bring in Rashard Matthews and said, let's just line it up and play when the Bears were just going to single-handedly beat them no matter what. So uh, for Todd Bowles and the staff, 
he finally silenced some of the critics. You started hearing the, you know, calls for his job and firing to start to quiet down a little bit. Now after a two-game slide in which, uh, again, this I'm not going to say this is a winnable game because they played two tough opponents, the Vikings, who were heavy favorites, as well as the Bears on the road. But the way they played and the lackluster faction that they played, it just didn't inspire much confidence and much excitement in Jet fans. So I can't really blame them for being annoyed and uh, ticked off at how this team performed on Sunday. Now, I have to share this tweet with you, Rick, on Twitter. Now, um, I know Peter Schwartz uh, from uh, CBS Sports Radio, who does updates on CBS Sports Radio. Um, I've known Peter for a good long time, very good man, a dedicated New York Jet fan, of course. Um, Here's his tweet uh, on that Sunday after the game was over. How about the Jets just let Bowles go now and let Josh McCown retire and finish out the season as interim head coach and let's see what happens? I'm kind of serious. Now, I'm not going to go as far as Peter is, but you know what? All I can say is is this, is that, you know, it's kind of tempting to see that type of situation happen. Will Bowles, you know, will the Jets do it? Probably not. But it's very tempting to see if it does happen. And, look, I I don't know how realistic that is. And uh, there has to be some kind of transition. I mean, you have to at least, if you're a player coach, because, look, during training camp, Josh McGowan came in with the expectation that he was potentially going to start. You didn't know how pro-ready Sam Darnold was. I mean, he saw the writing on the wall. You take him at number three overall. Of course, he's going to be the heir apparent and the likely starter, maybe not this year, but definitely in the years to come. And the fact that Donald basically took what was Josh McCown's job and took it and ran with it, I think surprised a lot of people. And McCown, who signed on a one-year $10 million contract to potentially try to carry this team and maybe get them to the 500 mark and then from there on pass the torch to Donald, and that just wasn't in the cards. And I think for McCown, I think he's a player that he's very cerebral. He He's mentioned that he wants to go into coaching. He has coaching in his in his blood and in his future. But to throw him into the fire of uh, you know a midseason firing of Todd Bowles and then have Josh McCown take over with no training camp under his belt, no coaching experience, you know, I think that's a very hard ask. I, I'm not I'm not going to say that he won't be a terrific. Uh, player that will get the locker room rally that is a player's type of guy but I think you still need to uh, I think you still need to have some kind of transition plan whether that's Jeremy Bates and I think that is the best course of action if things continue spiraling out of control the Jets lose one or if not the next two games and they're sitting at uh, four and six or dare I say three and seven then you could be talking about a Todd Bowles firing and then you at least have Jeremy Bates for the final six games of the year with an opportunity to audition what he has to offer. And then you'll be able to determine whether this conservative offensive approach is just uh, Bates' lack of creativity or if it's Todd Bowles' influence that he wants to basically create more of a defensive game and put more training wheels and restrictions on the offense. And there's no way of knowing that unless Todd Bowles is out of the equation. But again, Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. The Jets still have two important games ahead of them. And if they're able to win one, if not both, you know, they can at least put themselves back into the mix so they'll play some meaningful football in November. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, Rick Lachlan has to head on out. He's going on an assignment right now. So, Rick, thanks again, and we'll talk on Friday for the preview show for Week 9. So have a good night, Rick. Will do. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, no problem at all. And, uh, you know, just to talk about what Rick Lachlan just said is this, is that, you know, I personally would not want to fire Bowles uh, at the middle of the season. Uh, and here's the reason why. It's not like I want to give him a continued chance. It's just that I, I just don't trust either Casey Rogers or Jeremy Bates to be the interim head coach. I, I don't think they would do well as an interim head coach. I think we just got to leave Bowles in there till the end of the year, and then you let him go at the end of the year. I think that's the best way to do it. I think that's probably the, the, the safer way to do it because eventually he'll be a lame duck coach and then, uh, you know, if he doesn't turn it around, that is, then he'll be a lame duck coach anyway at the end of the year. And then you say goodbye, and then you can either give either of those two an opportunity or you uh, give somebody else an opportunity to go out and, um, you know, during the off season to take care of these things. So as of right now, um, there is uh, no shot, in my opinion, uh, that Todd Bowles will be fired in the middle of the year, I think. And like I said, uh, I'd rather keep Bates as an assistant or uh, the offensive coordinator. I'd rather keep Casey Rogers as the defense coordinator for all these things. Uh, there's still, you know, a lot of things that need to be taken care of, of course. But once again, it, it's just been really hard to see, you know, how this Jets team has been going. And all you can do is just, you know, play the way you got to play and just finish up the season. And all you can say is this, is that all you got to do is this. This New York Jets team, there are issues now with the injuries there are issues with how the game plan was to coach this team. There are issues right now, and they need to be solved quickly or else it's going to be a 3-13 and year. Cannot allow this New York – Todd Bowles cannot allow this football team to fall apart. You know, yeah, defensively it was a decent first half, but it all fell apart once again in the second half cannot allow these types of games to be won on, you know, what are you going to do in the first half and if you do and then you do a better job in the second half or you do a good job in the first half and then you fall apart in the second half. That is unacceptable. That is unacceptable. That cannot happen and this New York Jets team right now 3 and 5 point in time. 3 and 5. And technically, they can still save themselves before the bye if they go to 5-5, five and five, if it's possible, if they get at least half the injured players back from IR or at least from the, you know, being out or whatever, you know, if it, obviously it's IR, that's it, you know, I mean, you're done. But, you know, once again, no Blau Powell for the rest of the year. And um, it's just a situation where this New York Jets team is now looking very, very bad. No dynamic players. No dynamic players right now on this New York Jets team. Nate Sterling got injured. 
in Chicago. Jermaine Curse had an injury situation. And even though he did come back, I don't know if he finished the game, but I'll tell you right now. This New York Jets team is not looking like they did when they were in Detroit and when they were home against Denver and Indianapolis. It's tough to see this New York Jets team not doing the things they've done the last couple of weeks. So once again, this is a a big test now next week on Sunday down in Miami as the New York Jets, the New York Jets, they must find a way. They must find a way to at least go four and five before they come back home to take on the Buffalo Bills. Letting go Terrell Pryor was a mistake. And we'll see what happens when this New York Jets team goes out and you hope they'll turn things around and make make the necessary adjustments. And even though it sounds like the Buffalo Bills may be signing Terrell Pryor, it's not official yet until it's official, then we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen. But as of right now, the New York Jets are not looking strong. They're not looking good. And it's right now becoming very, very tumultuous for Todd Bowles because it might be at the end of this year out of a job. Some quick update for you, of course. Browns, the Cleveland Browns, have fired Hugh Jackson, the head coach. Todd Haley, the offensive coordinator, has also been fired by the Browns as well. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that'll do it for the Jets podcast review show for week eight as the New York Jets fall to the Chicago Bears by a final of 24-10. to 10. Along with Rick Lachlan, I'm Daniel Feuerstein. Join us this coming Friday as we will preview week nine, the New York Jets head down to South Beach, South Florida, and take on the Miami Dolphins. Talk to you then on Friday afternoon. So long, farewell, and bye-bye for now.